Dave Schultz, Derek Hansen with you. Your phone calls. I'll give you the floor, Dave. I don't know what to say about this. For one of the few times in my life, I'm speechless on everything that's going on. Well, congratulations, Detroit Lions fans. You have a victory this season. Merry flipping Christmas. That was awful. That was the worst game I think I've ever seen the Vikings play. They bring you in. They think they're going to come back. And I, I, I mean, I've been listening to radio all day. I've been watching the game. And I've got a few a few things to say. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the floor is yours. I I just it, it's we may we're seeing the last of Mike Zimmer now, aren't we? We have to. I mean, I yeah. hate to sit there and, and call for a, a guy's job, but they just seem like a. And I know they have backups in, but they seem like a a, a pretty poorly coached football team. The time and situ, uh, situational football. Oh my heavens. Is terrible. Um, you know, I want to bring up before the half was was tough. I mean, they, again, they kicked a field goal to go 17 to six and we have the football and it's just over 30 seconds left. And Jefferson goes out of the game and it's third down and 10. We're five yards from field goal reigns. Jefferson's he's not, in the, he's not in the game. It looks like he had game. something goofy with his shoe when he was, gassed. he was gassed. Yeah. I mean, he was gassed and cooks out of the game. So all your playmakers out of the game, five yards, get you into field goal range. And you know, Detroit's going to get the ball the second half. And they don't have their playmakers on the field, and they run an all-go yeah. on third and ten. Incomplete pass, stops the clock. Now you got to go for it on fourth and ten or punt, and they go for it. And so, they go for it. Long story short, you, you get five get five to seven, eight yards on third down and kick a field goal and go into the half with a little momentum. Well, what happens? They give back to Detroit. Detroit goes down and kicks a field goal. Yeah. I mean, that's a six-point swing. Well, It's terrible situational football. A lot of it. Okay, so before we get to Roger and Wayne here, I want to you you bring up three points there that they gave Six. up. Yeah, well, right, but they gave up three that they shouldn't have given up because even if they punt, right? Let's just say they punt. Right. right. There's three that you're probably not going to give up. They get the ball in the second half. Detroit's going. We're fine. We're going to take a knee. You're fine. Yep. You think that's crucial at the end of this game? How about going for two? Yeah. In the third quarter, yeah. I understand the chart tells you one thing, but you have to do some, as you said, situational football, Dave. And you just don't chase those points at that point. And you chase three more points because they were 0-3 on two-point conversion. And Detroit wasn't disguising any defense. No. At all. They were playing high school cover two. There was pockets between the corner and the safety all day long. I mean, a ninth grader could have read that defense. And so they were moving the football. So to your point, they're sitting there chasing points in the third quarter. Kick the extra point. I mean, it's easy to look You're back down and by say one. that now. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not – you're not, you know, three minutes left in the football game. It's in the third quarter. Right. You're going to get three or four more possessions at least. You would think so. You would think so. Dave Schultz, Derek Hansen with you. Let's go to Roger who's been waiting. Hello, Roger. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. There there was so much in that game that, <laughs> ooh, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, But to sit there and and play a prevent to lose Ugh. type of game Man. at the very end was just moronic uh you know we talk about slowing the game down sometimes for people that for the quarterbacks of Kirk Cousins so that he can you know get a little bit feel of the game you know do a little bit better pass protecting and he can complete his passes but when we send no rush in the offensive players are going to get open. Yeah. 
and we just let them march right down the field. It's so bizarre. And now, then I, now, granted, if they yeah. batted, even if they would have batted the ball away at the end and won, I would have still said, you can't be rushing three in that. I don't know. It is the most crazy thing that NFL coaches do this over and over. It's not just Mike Zimmer either. I mean, this this playback in the soft zone situation that coaches do over and over again to make a guy like Jared Goff look like John Elway in the early 90s in a two-minute situation is bizarre to me. It was seven-on-seven seven football. Yeah. It was seven-on-seven seven football was. that last drive. He was. I mean, how many times did he dump it down the middle of the field for eight yards? There was nobody playing that soft middle. Um, obviously, you, you want to run the, run the clock, but – and they called a timeout, and then those last couple of plays, there were three guys on the line, and everybody was standing on the goal line. And the one play that was positive for, for the Vikings was uh, – Hitman Harry came around the side on a corner blitz. You know, it was the yeah, one, got a stunt it was the one, blitz. It was the one play yeah. that they played yeah. downhill defense. Oh. Yeah, you can stunt and blitz yeah, in that also, situation and still cover the deep pass because that's what you want to keep everything ahead of you anyway. It, it just it's really weird. Yeah, and our our, our two point conversion plays are are so terrible. <laughs> well, the, there's got to yeah. be plays they, that they have that. That uh, you know, run pass option, uh, handing the ball going up the middle for two yards. When I mean, hell, all the cameramen they went to coffee break because they knew they just fixed their cameras right there on <laughs> on the hole, and, and they went to an early bathroom break. Uh, I very, mean, that's, yeah, very good, Roger. It, 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 you you bring up some great points. I do appreciate you calling in. Right. Hey, uh, maybe next uh, Thursday, huh? Well, we shall see. We'll see how it goes against the Steelers coming up on the Thursday. The only thing the Vikings got going for them against the Steelers is the fact that, you know, those these games against the Ravens are so physical, and they're playing right now, and yep. then they're going to have to go on the road Thursday on a short week. I mean, that is going to be an interesting thing. But at this point, you're kind of wondering where are you at anyway if you win these games. I mean, can they – they're going to have to go on a heck of a run and run the table here if they even want to sniff the playoffs. DH, what do you think? Do you think Zimmer's going to make it no. through this week? Well, I think he, I think he might make it through the week. He you might sure, make it through the season. A short week? Yeah, but I don't. I just don't see them firing him in the middle of the season. Maybe they do if things just totally if unravel. They're totally out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they, they they lost four games this year on the last play of the game. Yeah, it's the fourth time this year that they've lost in the last play of the game. I mean that's crazy. Let's go to Wayne. Wayne, thanks for being with us here on Couch Potato Radio. You're welcome. Uh, enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, I, had, I had a comment, a little scenario. Here we are with a minute and a half to play. Second down. They got no timeouts left. They had one. Why, why doesn't Zimmer think a little bit? He could melt down so they didn't fumble or nothing, run off another minute, and had 30 seconds left with a one-point lead. Hell of a lot easier to stop him from going 50 yards to try a field goal in that time with no timeout. Well, just to, just to correct you, he had one timeout left. And Dave and I were talking about this because yeah. actually oh. what we were trying to figure out is did they need to run a play before the two-minute warning? When And we're trying to figure that out because Paul Allen, we were listening, and he right. said that, and I wasn't close, and he, he said – hey, they can run this on the two-minute warning. Oh, I guess they're going to decide to do the play. And I guess I didn't look at the play clock close enough in that situation. So I'd love to hear from a listener if they saw that or if they even have it on DVR right now. I'd love to right. – I, I don't have it on DVR. I wish I would have recorded it, and I probably should in future references to see that because we are having the discussion because Paul said on first down, hey, we don't have to run a play here before the two-minute warning. 
Because anyone with you any know, logic would m- realize you're ex- you're actually giving them an extra timeout if you run a play. Right. And you then they call timeout right. after second down. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a minute right. fifty four left. Right. I think I think there was seven seconds left when they run that play. I'm not positive. So so there's seven seconds left in the play clock. Because yeah, yeah. the play-by-play says it was run at 2.04. So what we want to know is when did they snap it. I got to well, look at that for sure because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Well, uh, all I'm thinking is if we can't win a game, I know we're missing six defensive people, but if we can't win a game with the lead in a minute and a half to go, there's something wrong. I, four games now we've lost in the last minute. Yeah, it's It's crazy. It really is. Thanks so much for your phone call. I do appreciate it. And I, I just got a text from a friend of mine who said that there was a two-second difference. Okay, okay. And you think about how much of that two seconds probably is the Huge. between the game or not. You know, it's – and you want to talk about a crazy game and the fact that both coaches are making some of the most moronic decisions. I Campbell, oh go, going for it on fourth down there, I have no idea what – That was I, the 0 and 10 and 1 – who cares call right there. And like, I guess I can respect that a little bit. I don't want to put in their hands if I'm punting it away, but you, you've been playing okay defensively, really. Uh, not so much in the second half, but my heavens. Well, it's not the percentage play. It's the 0-10 play. And I thought they just gifted us the game, you know, by going for it. And then, right. and then the Vikings had a good defensive play. And um, I think, you know, I'm glad the Vikings went. They threw it on third down. It was a touchdown pass. And you know, then then now, uh, now Detroit has to run. The, you know, go down the whole field. I mean, I don't. I'm not against that whatsoever. You got to go for the touchdown. There wasn't. They didn't. There wasn't enough time they could run off the clock and sit there. They could run another 40 seconds off the clock, right? And and so and who knows? Detroit would have maybe let them score anyway to have some time left. But I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't blame it all going for touchdown there on 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 third down. You got to think. And here's the thing. You got to think that you're going to be able to stop Jared Goff, right? Yeah, I think I think in those situations, the the field. Yeah, this is not Aaron Rodgers, so you're taking a knee. Right. You ran there. I mean, it's a totally different scenario with the Green Bay game. You so, score and win the game, and you think your defense can, even though they're banged up and get some young guys in there. You get you can stop Jared Goff. Yeah, DJ Wanham is is a player. Field. He can play. He can go out and get a guy. You maybe send a stunt or something. But if you had told me that they're going to play a three man rush and they're just going to sit back and then I maybe would have said, well, you better milk it down a little bit. I mean, bit. on that last play, or last two plays, the Vikings actually got away with one on third down. That was pass interference in the end zone. Nobody said it on, on TV, but there was pass interference in the end zone. But you would think they call the timeout, and then they go back, and they're still in that prevent deal. I mean, if you you play a normal defense on that fourth down, disrupt the, disrupt the, disrupt the get off for the, right. the wide receivers and actually put some guys on the defensive line that can maybe get through there. I mean that was seven on seven football for the last minute and a half. Well, and I You're go back. You're gonna get seven or eight yards every single. Play. I sound like a broken record when I say this, but I thought going back to one of the best Super Bowls I ever thought, just as far as the ebbs and flows of the excitement, and one team was leading the second, and then the next quarter the other team was leading, was the uh, ninety-seven ninety-eight Super Bowl with the Broncos and the Packers. So everyone thought the Packers were going to roll the Broncos, and John Elway was going to have his. You know, th- uh, fourth a Super Bowl loss and all that. And it would have been the franchise's uh, fifth Super Bowl loss. I mean, it was the whole thing. And we all know the story, the pinwheel and all that. Yeah. But if you remember going back to that game, 
Shanahan and his crew, they said, we are not going to just let Favre pick us apart. We're going to keep playing the same defense we played all game long. And they went and got in his face, and, well, sure enough – if you get beat, you get beat. They, yeah, they 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 were able to get him. Uh, they were able to get him to turn it over on downs, and the Broncos win the Super Bowl. The rest is history, right? right. And I I thought here in a copycat league, finally there's a coach who figured it out that we you right. just can't sit in the soft zone and let a good quarterback. I mean, I mean that's Jared Goff is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. No. He sure as heck can't leave a guy, a great quarterback like Favre, do that, right? Right. So I thought everyone was going to do that, but see, it's just time and time again these guys are playing not to lose. And Zimmer took it to an extreme level here in the last two minutes today. Yeah, I mean, I know, I understand you don't want to get beat deep, you know, if they're on their own side of the field or maybe on on the Vikings forty. Well, sure, and you can still but, do that though. Yeah, you can still do that and play them in front of you. And I understand the underneath stuff. Um, I would have liked a little bit tighter defense underneath, but. You know, when it's the last play of the game, it, it, 11 yards, this guy's, it's it's a step and a half drop back, and the guy's on the goal line. Well, here, here's the thing to your point. With the one timeout where you play that soft zone when they're out there and they start off the 25, you're yeah. playing a defense, so they have to burn that timeout for one right away. Right. I mean, that's the one thing that you have to do. And they didn't do that. They let him get out of bounds a couple times, yeah. which is inexcusable at that point, Dave. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, you. You played enough high school quarterback, you know, at that level where you kind of know the situation a well, little I bit. I was said they're looking at the D- Detroit defense the entire day, and like I've said, they didn't disguise anything. It was a straightforward cover two defense, and you know the Vikings were actually playing some good offense in the in the second half. Uh, Justin Jefferson, my gosh, yeah, it's, let's see, he is unbelievable. I mean that, and that's the thing. Eleven you just, for one eighty two. And you just got to keep on feeding it. You got to find a way. I and mean, every touch. everything that you're doing there, you got to make sure that he gets the ball. Greg, thanks for being with us here on Couch Potato Radio. Yeah. Good afternoon. Uh, two two quick comments. Uh, first of all, and I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you the comments and hang up and listen. Do you think do you think possibly nine and eight? You know, if they go four and one, you know, ifs and buts and candy and nuts. If they go four and one, maybe get in. I think nine and eight maybe can make it. Yes. And secondly. Secondly, Derek, I was reading in the the, the Minneapolis Tribune uh, late Saturday, early Sunday edition. I picked up, uh, and they were uh, somebody was saying that uh, in the article that they they had they were talking Zimmer Zimmer into, into having a late light workout on Wednesday, kind of almost like a walkthrough or a, uh, you know pads or no pads only you know and no hitting. And uh, he basically commented uh, in the article sports page. Uh, just so you win, just so you win, or just so we win, just so we win, and it was in it was in today's sports page of the Tribune, and uh, I guess Wednesday is one of their more uh, uh, more rigorous uh, in the NFL, one of their more rigorous uh, workouts gotcha. for some Th- reason. Yeah, thanks a lot for your phone call, Greg. But I think it's a situation where they're so beat up, they're not going to have any rigorous. I mean, we're in December now. I mean, those days are over, right? You remember that from high school football? You weren't in, in late October. We never had hard practices, right? I mean, you you're just kind of going through scheme at that point. Tra- yeah, I mean, these guys are in the they're in the training room and going through tape. Yeah, and and going through some walkthroughs. So I I don't I don't blame them for that, um, especially with how beat up they've been. It was probably my fault two weeks ago. I said the Vikings had momentum and they're not not getting hit by the injury bug. Well, that, that worked out. Sorry. <laughs> Dave Schultz, Derek Kantz with you two three seven five nine four eight. Let's go to Gerald. Gerald, thanks for being with us here on KFGO. 
Yeah. If Zimmer didn't have such a big ego, I think for two years, he must see the writing on the wall. Turn the play calling on defense over to Patterson. Yep. Let's change things up. Jesus, man. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's rough. And, you know, I think it's one of these things, too, where I, machismo really hurts a lot of these coaches. I, I'll even go to that on the other side of the ball, too. This, I have never understood why teams always want to go, well, we're on the goal line. We're going to run it right up the middle. And you got to spread it out. I mean, that's where I love athletic quarterbacks like this. So you can have the almost a, like a run-pass option type yeah. of thing because there's you're given an advantage of 11 on – nine football essentially because you know that the running back and quarterback are there and then the other 11 guys in defense are just crowding you and you, you even saw in the grand days of uh adrian peterson well we're gonna run it right up the a gap well how does that work out for you and we know that it's not always the best situation for madison to have that and you gotta have a little bit of space and where's do, your best player justin he's jefferson he's on the sideline on that two-point play yeah i know he just got done dancing but he was on the side. <laughs> That's not good either. No, I mean, but well, you got uh, Conklin. I mean, you have guys that you can get it to, but it, instead you're just going to go. You, you got this machismo beef eater thing, and and you're right, Gerald. I mean, they got to figure something out. I mean, I really think that if they don't make the playoffs here, they're going to the Wills are going to have to change a lot of things, and then you're you're making then it's going to be a race to who can get Eric Bieniemy first. You know, I agree oh. with you. I think nine and eight gets in. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Four and one. Last you five. might be the seventh seed, but that's going to be a heck of a you know thing to get done. You still still got the Rams. Chicago isn't a guarantee with you know the history of Chicago and Minnesota either, especially in Soldier Field. You have yet to play that team, mm-hmm. and then you're playing at Lambeau. I mean, the only thing you got going for you at Lambeau is Rodgers may not play because they might have the one seed wrapped right. up. Right, absolutely. Anything else, Gerald? Nope. Thanks a lot, Derek. Right. You bet. Thanks a lot for your phone call two three seven five nine four eight. When we come back. We'll take your phone calls and text messages, 35270. Dave Schultz, Derek Hansen with you. This is Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. If you're a loved one has a life limit. Seeing they, they know football enough. They're, they're savvy football fans, and they know football enough to know that the, the team is not coached properly. And um, simply game situations with the clock, like I said at the end of the oh, half. Man. Um, I think going for a touchdown at the end of the game was good. You know, some of the, the defensive calls here on that last drive, it, it's just you get to a point where there's, you know, there might be other coaches out there in, a, in, in some better talent in, in the pool that you can go get. Well, I think for me it's very tempting. And because I think you're stuck. I think what Co- Coach Zimmer has become is one of those coaches that, and I think Kirk Cousins is a little bit like this. I think, you know, Jared Goff might be a little bit like this. I think Matthew Stafford is kind of showing who the, he is here. You have your coaches like, uh, you know, Wayne Fonts was this way with the Lions in the 90s. You know, you have these coaches who are good. You know, Danny Green, I think you could argue, is like this. But they're not going to take you to the, the pedestal, right? They're not going to take you to that podium to hold up that Lombardi trophy. What do you think about Kubiak the last few weeks? Well, I think he's been okay, and I think he's handcuffed a little bit. But I, I think – you know, for him, I think it's the situation where the the quarterback is not as confident as he was the first. You know, that little stretch there where people say, "Man, if they were better and won these games, he'd be looked at as the MVP," which is true. But now he seems like 
when you see him on the sidelines, doesn't Kirk Cousins look like he's almost miffed when he's like, oh, he's all oh, shucks, PO'd. you know? Oh, I, well, so he's hoping the defense can hold. But I mean, I think I thought Kubiak's play calling has gotten better the last few weeks, a little bit more aggressive. And now, unfortunately, uh, Cook is out, and Thielen hopefully he can come back for Thursday's game. But if he, if, and I mean, that's a tight turn. I, th- I think Kubiak's getting better. Um, not as conservative. I know when I was on here with you a few yep. weeks ago, we were talking about the bubble screens uh, over and over again and nothing being down the field more than four or five yards. I think he's getting definitely getting better at taking shots. I mean, you've got top two wide out in the league, and you, he's getting 11, 11 catches, right? Yep. So right. He's, he's, fe- he's feeding the stud on the team. So you got to give him credit for that. But um, it, it's, the, it's the constant clock management game situational stuff that, well uh, let's face it some of the clock management we talk about at the end of the game the clock management and the the approach on defense playing this you know not to lose type of thing at the end of the half has cost them some of these games too because it probably you know you just look at the points stacked up that's the difference in many of these games letting the end of the first half touchdowns or field goals including today has been a big difference today was huge at the end of the half yeah. i feel like yeah it was a panic yep. i feel like it was a panic to go all goes with not your studs on third and 10 when five yards gets you a field goal try. We got Paul with us. He's got a road warrior report. Thanks so much for calling in because, yeah, the snow is coming down and it parts it's getting kind of blustery too, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, well, I-94 eastbound leaving Moorhead yeah. is stopped. Oh, okay. It, it's, it stopped. There, I mean, once you hit the old 52 underpass, you're done. I mean, it's just it's backed up probably uh, I'm on top of the old 5294 uh, overchange. I would say uh, probably a mile past old 52 heading towards uh, Barnesville. Okay, so avoid I-94 heading eastbound. If you're trying to get back to my neck of the woods, uh, avoid that at all costs, huh? Because, yeah, I'm looking at the map right now. It's dead red. So, so yeah, make, yeah, a, it's, uh, make I, a move. You, you cut, and, you, and you come up on it pretty quick because – it's kind of at the bottom of the hill. You yeah. know, you, you come over past 20th Street, and all of a sudden, boom, everybody stops. All right, so, so keep that in mind. Thanks so much, Paul. I do appreciate you getting that information out because I, I know there's been stuff going on with this winter storm warning, but I did not realize that we're having issues there. So thanks so much for giving us this road or report. Yeah, it's pretty slick, God. I just ran from Moorhead over to Fargo and back, and it's uh, there's some cars in the ditch in town, and, and the intersections are nice and greasy, so... People just kind of use their heads. Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks so much. I do appreciate it. Have a good night. You bet. So, again, Paul mentioning that, yeah, you you want to avoid that area here if you're heading on I-94. So that's obviously going to have Derek make a move when he goes home tonight to Barnesville. (laughs) (laughs) Might be uh, heading down Old 52, a convent road. You're calling an audible. (laughs) Got to get home to Barnesville. Let's go. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Does Cousins call audibles? Do you see? I mean, uh, granted, you played at a high school level, but I'm sure you're granted a few a checks at the line. Ago. But I mean, uh, you were, did, were you were you able to check at the line once in a while yeah, if you saw something weird? The, call, call a couple in the huddle and, and check with me. I'm I sure would say if you that. make forty million dollars a year, you should have that uh, luxury. You would think, right? And the ability, right? And the ability is another thing. And you think the coach will let you, and you think that you have to have that. It. I think he checks some blocking things, but I, it seems. Like the great ones, man, they go up there and it's a whole different animal. I mean, it's, Peyton it's, Manning, you know. Yeah, oh, well, you have ten guys on the team. I have no idea what play is going to actually be run ten seconds before 
the, the snap of the ball because yeah. your quarterback is that good and you're getting you're getting the call on the line. Uh, Derek, enough already from everybody about Zimmer's uh, defensive prowess. Defense has been an issue for a couple of three years now. And they're getting old and uh, eating up a lot of payroll. Also, the stats, I think he's talking about Cousins. Uh, well, and I've said that a lot. I, I think there will be a lot of uh, 9-8 teams at the, uh, at the end. His uh, text message all jumbled. You're right. I mean, we don't know what the tiebreakers will be. There might be a lot of 9-8 teams. There might be a lot of 8-9 and teams. Who knows how this is going to play out? I think mm-hmm. only the Lions are mathematically out of this whole thing. So that's and, – and the NFC. So that's where you're sitting. I mean, so – and it would take a lot of teams to go run the table in the NFC. But to that caller's point, yeah, the texter's point, he's exactly right. It's the thing I said with Cousins, man. When he looks good, he looks good. And he gives you some fantasy football stats. So a lot of guys love him because of that. Same thing with Matthew Stafford, both with the Lions and the Rams. But can they win you that the Kirk, championship? Yeah, Kirk Cousins, thirty for forty, three hundred and forty yards and two touchdowns, and uh, but that's why guys love him, right? Yeah, absolutely. they play fantasy football. Oh my heavens, look mm-hmm. at that! He, he doesn't lose you a game, doesn't lose you a game, right? But uh, they 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 had a stat up there today that when trailing going in the fourth quarter, he's only come back twice. Really, with the Vikings, trailing going in the fourth quarter. I'm trying to think when those would be. No, I always give him credit because he showed he can do it. Uh, I think he did it a couple times this year where he came back, right, and won a game. And then I think the Saints playoff game was the big one, right, where he hit Kyle Rudolph on the somewhat controversial uh, you know, push-off by Rudolph against the Saints in the overtime a couple of years ago. Yeah. So as far as that's concerned, he showed he can do it. It's just you don't really want to be put in that situation where you have to do that often anyway. But – when you put some pressure on him and he's in, and you get if you make a hit on him, he just seems like he's lacking a confidence. You look at his eyes. His body language today on the sidelines was weird. Yeah, well, I tell you, he's always got many, many times got the goose egg in the INT column. And, and in the NFL, that isn't easy. And he's no, starting to push huge. The, he's starting to push the ball more down the field now. Um, you know, he, he look, we look at this game, the Vikings just lost and gave the Detroit Lions the first win of the year. Did Kirk Cousins lose the game for the Vikings? No. No, he didn't. Um he 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 threw a game he threw a go-ahead touchdown pass in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. You got to give credit where credit's due. Kirk and uh Justin Jefferson had great great games. Um but it just wasn't enough. And I thought KJ Osborne had a couple of nice catches, a nice first down catch there on third down in their own territory. And you know, just Tyler Conklin is becoming a really good tight end. Mm-hmm. Seven catches today. Um, man, I thought he had that one in the corner of the end zone, just had his foot out. But, man, that was, that was a hell of a catch. Yeah, I mean, he's really coming to his own. And, and and the fact that they lost Irv Smith Jr., which would have been a huge target for Cousins, too. Let's face it, we haven't talked much about the fact that number 19 is out of the game. And you know what he's like, especially in the red zone. That can make a difference there, too. It's crazy how good, I mean, how the kind of game Justin Jefferson had when he didn't have, you know, the dis- yeah. distraction on the other side. Of well, out. I mean, when 19's off a of field, aren't you bracketing over to 18 more? You think so. I mean, I, I understand. But this defense, I mean, it was the Detroit Lions. They just I understand kept playing it, cover, too. It's it just weird. Yeah, it's just, and I, I guess for me, I'm always trying to go after it that way, too. I, I you know. Also, the two-point conversion plays, we talked about the, we've got to be a beef eater at the line of scrimmage thing with that one, but. I thought the weird uh, kind of trickery play that they tried to do with the kid from Iowa State, the kick returner was a little uh, Nganu or whatever you say. How right. you say I that? I didn't see that one. I didn't see that it one. It was I just... weird. It was that they did like a fake give to 
to a Madison on the outside, then they handed it off inside to the kid. He got stood up at the line of scrimmage. He's not that big, and it's just it was it was kind of a, I didn't think there was a very good play call at all. I don't know if they went. For, they they wanted to run the football on that last two point conversion because they had that uh, roughing the passer. So it, was it was almost the worst thing for them because then they felt like they yeah, should run it exactly. So they run, run it right in the center's rear end. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. All right. Well. Uh, Take another break here, get you going here for uh, another half hour or so before we head to face the nation. Then it's uh, Sunday Night Football, kind of interesting game because Teddy Bridgewater is quietly maybe going to get the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. <laughs> and they are in Arrowhead tonight to take on. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. They're going to be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. They're kind of resurging here, right? I mean, they're kind of playing possum almost a little bit because they look bad at times early on this year especially defensively, but now they're playing a lot better. Dave Schultz, Derek Hansen, Couch Potato Radio, 237-5948 if you want to join us. Welcome back. Dave Schultz, Derek Hansen with you. Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFG. Again, a reminder that uh, I-94 eastbound's a mess right now. Try to avoid that area if you can. That's uh, really, really a mess. So be sure to uh, probably some type of accident, I'm guessing, with everything going on. It's at a standstill. So if you are heading eastbound 94, you might want to get off before you head into Moorhead because it's backed up quite a bit. So keep that in mind. We'll keep you up to date on the traffic and the weather. We still have that winter storm warning for much of the area. Still a lot of snow going on and wind kind of blowing it around a little bit. Let's go to line six. Hey, thanks for being patient with us here on KFGO. Hey, how you doing tonight, guys? Doing well. Hey, I, I, I agree with everybody who's calling for the head of Zimmer because uh, the creativity isn't there, and it's just old school, just run it. You know, it's just horrible football by, by the, today's standards. But I can't understand why anybody is not calling for uh, Rick Spielman's head. He's the one to put this offensive line together. Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback if you give him time. Yeah, I you pay all that money for a good quarterback, and you have a patchwork offensive line. I think Spillman needs to go too. Dave, don't you think that this that's a that's a three way package there? I think Cousins and Spielman and Zimmer they're all gone because I think you think so. Yeah, so, well, something's got to happen with Cousins because he's going to make over like forty some million dollars against the cap next year. So he's either got to restructure or, or going to cut him. Because they'll only take a, a $10 million cap hit if they do, which is a lot better. Because he'll count 40 against the cap. If they cut him, it's only 10. So he's going to have to restructure. And they'll ta- they'll eat the 10. Yeah, I think he <laughs> likes Minnesota, though. You know, yeah. I, but what are you going to do if, What are you going to do for a quarterback, then? Well, I mean, Don't tell me, Kellen Mond. Well, but if you're going to blow it up, I mean, you might be starting from scratch with a second-year quarterback. Well, I, oh. I, I agree with you there. I mean, but just, I mean, Kellen Mond is sure not the answer. Well, we don't know what we don't know, right? I mean, I, I, we, I mean, we just don't know much about him. But I mean, that's what you're looking at. I, I guess I don't know unless you go get a veteran to groom him in again. You know, and who who else is out there that you maybe would get? I mean, do you go after Garoppolo because he's obviously auditioning for a job? And we right, saw what he right. did last week. I mean, there's so much unknown about it. But if you're gonna go and get it, let's say, let's say Eric Bieniemy is gonna be uh, offensive coordinator again tonight for the Chiefs. We all know how highly regarded he is. He was a former assistant coach for the Vikings. He's this hot shot quarterback. 
There's been a lot of talk about, you know, how far have we come because it's ridiculous that he hasn't gotten a shot at being a head coach. And he's going to be sitting there. And hes I can't believe he's not going to get a job next year. And you want to get this. If you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. next year and all these guys, along, you know what else will help the offensive line? is a guy who can move a little bit. And that's yeah. the one thing Munn can do. Right, so, right. I mean, right. I, I didn't understand re-signing Harrison Smith. I, I get it. I love watching him. I, I love the fact that he's probably going to, you know, be one of the greatest safeties in the history of the Minnesota Vikings. But, you know, you got guys that you're going to have to kind of groom here down the road. And some of those veteran – I mean – Anthony Barr's gone. There's no way they're going to pay off an well, injured he guy. He's gone. He hasn't been on the field half, right. the, half the year. So, I mean, but when we're that, saying – you're, you're saying resetting all these veterans, that goes right back around again. To absolutely. No, no, I think – put it this way. When you're saying Zimmer, you're saying Spielman with it because I just can't – those two yeah. for sure are hitched at the hip whether they want to be or not, <laughs> to be quite frank. Yeah, yeah. well, yes. I, and I, you're probably right. Cousins going to go because of contract. Because it takes way too much heat. He's a he's a very capable quarterback, in my opinion. I agree. And and you're, you're saying like Eric Bieniemy? Yeah, he used to be the running, back's running back coach for for the Vikings. He used to chew Adrian Peterson out every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> That's exactly. Another right. one I throw in that I would throw a very good coach into that mix is either either Byron Leftwich or uh, even Doug Peterson. Left, yeah, left yeah. which is hot, man. Yeah, yep. he's gonna have he's gonna have an opportunity. Yep. Yeah, very good. And Doug Peterson, so, well, right? That's for sure. They, yeah, he's there's creativity in these. Zimmer just don't have it anymore. He's he's just you know you just don't have. Right. You know what? In the in the post. Thanks off your phone call. I do appreciate it. Uh, in in the post game, just a quick interview I heard. It just he seemed tired. You know, I know it's a tough right. game. Uh, but it's not easy to be a head coach in the National Football League, and yeah. especially when you're having a year like this. I mean, I'm losing my stuff I'm at home on my couch. I can't imagine being an older dude be on the sidelines as a head coach. I mean, that's it. It beats you up. And he just he just seems tired. Right. So he's 67. Right. Millionaire, dating a supermodel. I mean, it could be worse for him. He's doing fine. <laughs> Have you seen the girl that he's dating? <laughs> Oh yeah, that is a smoke show <laughs> for a sixty-seven-year-old dude. Oh, uh, God He's bless like him. Al, pa- Al Pacino on yeah. any given Sunday. <laughs> That's right, exactly right. <laughs> Dave Schultz, Derek Hans with you. Two three seven five nine four. You mentioned. I mean, the caller said it. You agreed. Cousins a very good quarterback. I don't even necessarily disagree with the numbers he's putting on, but. I don't think he's ever going to be a great quarterback. And that's what you have to decide, right? If you're the Vikings brass, I mean, that's right. But it's like anything, a, a, a great, a great leader doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be the best on the team. Now, a lot of times we've seen, and we elevate in society, people, quarterbacks, in the NFL that are the best player on the team and they lift everyone around them, lift up everyone around them. That's great. The, the, the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's, I mean, those are generational talents that are not going to be on every football team. But well, we're I never going to see Tom Brady again. Okay, that's that's. But, but no, but I do think that uh, Kirk Cousins, with the right support system around him, can win a Super Bowl. I truly believe that if they stay healthy and and the offense has the weapons. We've been talking about this, uh, and I think he's the kind of quarterback that could, uh, Trent Dilfer didn't he win a Super Bowl? 
right? Well, there's some quirky Super Bowl winners: Nick Foles, Trent Dilfer, Mark Rippon, uh, you know, Doug Williams. Did Eli Manning ever look at you and say, "Well, he's going to overpower this game"? He won two. Jeff Hosteller. The only thing with Eli is the pedigree is just. I mean, that's a unique situation too, right? You have 30 of those jobs in the world, and two of them are brothers. Yeah, <laughs> that just doesn't happen very often. But you know, how many times do you hear game managers can win win playoff mm-hmm. games and and get to the Super Bowl and have a good day? And I think I, I, I'm a, I'm a Kirk fan, man. I he's he's good with the ball, um, and I actually I don't have him in fantasy, so I'm just as a unbiased opinion. Uh, I, I think he's a good enough quarterback to to do something. Um, well, let and, me ask you this: This text comes in. What do you say about the Vikings' inability to get in the end zone early on, three field goals to start the game? I don't disagree with you, especially while well, there was six points, right? I mean, that is a thing where the red zone. I think. That's where Thielen getting hurt, who is the red zone king right now, that does hurt. That hurts. And you well, know, you're tr- you, and the defense wins when they get uh, that and only give up three. Right. For sure. And to your point, to your point, he's not the running threat, where he's not going to get out on the edge and have a you know, well for, for me, force I, a linebacker to make a decision. I just like a guy who's a running threat to move the sticks. I don't need Lamar Jackson, right? I just want a guy. Steve Young in his day, Favre when he was younger, even Tom Brady a little bit. Right. Aaron Rodgers still does it when he doesn't have a bum toe. Right, but I'm telling you, when when the field is condensed and you're getting close to the end zone, to have that to have a running option, running quarterback, there's so many little different pockets that right. that are going to open up when the quarterback's on the move. It just puts so much more pressure on the defense when you got a running quarterback that can throw in the run. Which look, Kirk is not necessarily that, but he he's a good football player, and uh, yeah, I, I you always want to get you always want to get six, you always want to get six. Yeah, that it's a it's a tough thing. I think Kirk Cousins, you know, there's a lot of polarizing things. I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a fan, but I'm not a hater either. I'm just a realist of you know what are we, what's going to happen with this guy, right? I mean, what are, is he going to be able to do this and under this regime? It would be interesting if another coach comes in, if he would flourish more. I and mean, that's a heck of a question. Good point. And, and I think we'll find out because he's either going to sign a two-year deal or two or three-year deal this offseason, or he's going to get cut. Yeah. In my opinion, because he's not going to get traded. No one's going to trade for him. I don't think. So it, it's it's really an interesting time as we wrap things up here before we had to face the nation. Then Sunday night football. It's the uh, Broncos taking on the Chiefs. Uh, playoffs in both the FBS and FCS, you know, we're all sitting there, uh, all ready to go. 11 a.m. is the start time coming up at the Fargo Dome for the uh, buys. They're going to be on national TV on ESPN TV. We're going to have a special Heard It Here FCS playoff edition on KFGO leading you up to that at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. But, uh, not a big surprise. The Bison are striding right when they have to right now. This is Cam Miller's team, yep. which is a good thing, I think, if you're a Bison fan. And so I'm pretty interested to see how this all plays out because they certainly are hitting on all cylinders. And Tyler though. did a good job playing, calling plays yeah. last week. I mean, it was a, it was a all around just beat down, 38 to seven. I feel bad for East Tennessee State. It's going to be a rough rough Saturday <laughs> for him. North Dakota State. This is uh, this is what they do. This is playoff football in the Fargo Dome. They're made for this. And they know the road to Frisco. And, you know, there's something to be said for having success on this road before. Many, many, many oh, times. No doubt. You know, there's, there's, they're not afraid of success. They go into every one of these playoff games expecting to get to Frisco. And, you know, all these other teams are looking at the bracket and wondering when do they have to go to Fargo. So, you know, North Dakota State's in an, another great position. They're playing well. 
Um, you know, on the other side, we've got James Madison in Montana. Oh, th- this bracket is awesome, isn't it? Is, it? it is a very good These bracket. These quarterfinal games, Friday night, ESPN2, Montana, James Madison. That is must let's see TV go. for me. Yeah, that, let's go. And then you got uh, is South Dakota. No, South Dakota State goes to Villanova. To Villanova, yes. Mm-hmm. And that okay. should be a good game. And then Montana State and Sam Houston. How about uh, Brent Vegan going all the way with a backup quarterback? Who went into the transfer portal? Is is starting quarterback went into the transfer portal? Unbelievable! The week of this, I mean, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> Unbelievable! That is un- it's unreal. Uh, can, what was it Chip Kelly? He's the LSU. There's been so much good. Oh my heavens! So much good for talk radio and college football the last week. Don't you think this is my idea to change this? A family, little bit. we're family. Yeah, well, he's talking like a Cajun, a guy from New Jersey or whatever he's from. Right. Um. No. It, I think this is a, the way to fix this transfer portal thing. If you want to transfer in football and basketball without penalty, and and I not, say nothing against transfer. I mean, I don't think you mind me bringing this up. You transferred in your golf career. Right? I mean, it happens, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But you, know, you didn't have to go through penalty, right, because he released you. That's It's only in basketball and football, No, correct? I had to get a release from my college right. golf coach. Right. right. But you got a release. I did. But you can't do that in football and basketball before this new rule. And there, it's changed since then. Yeah, but yeah. those two major multi, you know, money sports, you had to sit out a year. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I do think in these two sports, because it's you know it's such a feeding frenzy, it wouldn't be bad to say, okay, you can go there, and then with personal likeness and image, you have to pay your own way. You don't get a scholarship. You know what I mean? That would that, that, that would change a, a lot of things. It for sure them. would. It sure would. It sure seems like the power shift to the players is happening right before our eyes. There's no question. Um, you, you know, the name and likeness. I I'm personally think that's wonderful. It, it's tough seeing a, a starting quarterback leave his football team in the yep. middle of the playoffs. That and that they should change that too. If he wants to transfer, he can declare that. But let him finish out the semester with his team. You know what I mean? I don't. Uh, I I just think that's weird. I don't like that. It's. I think for a lot of people that, you know, it just doesn't sit you well. You go through the whole year fight with a group of guys. I just couldn't imagine just doing leave. that. I, I couldn't imagine doing that. You know, I, I, that's, can, I, can I, and this is probably, we don't have probably enough time for this, but uh, what, what's your take on North Dakota State playoff attendance? I mean, okay, I, I get, last time I was in here, I was mentioning that there was hardly anybody. It didn't seem like North Dakota State at South Dakota State was a full stadium, and it was deer hunting and all these different things. It's the playoffs, man. And I, I know it's four or five inches of snow, and people travel from out of town to get here. All I know is back in the 80s, those people would have been staying at the Holiday Inn since Wednesday well, for I've, the playoff game. Well, even five years ago, right? I think there's a – What is the deal? I think it's a lot of things. I think people are a little bit uh, leery of these early rounds of the playoffs and don't want to spend their money on it. And I do think there's a little bit of apathy, I mean, which is not good. You know, they, they, right. They're taking it for granted a little bit, I think. Yeah. and. We'll wait till the semifinals, and we're going to save our money up for Frisco. You know, it, it doesn't seem when you go to like the West Acres and all that, and you see the money that's being spent that it's really a financial thing for most people. But it's an it, interest, yeah. So, but I do think that, and we were talking before we got on the air. We can talk FBS all we want, but if you're going to a mid-major FBS, mm-hmm. you're going to get bored with that too if you start dominating. That's well, just the way it goes. We were talking off air when I was at TCU. You know, they were highlighting Liberty Bowl trophies. That that you know, there weren't national championship yep. trophies, so. That is that would be a change that you'd have to mentally accept before you go down that road. It's a different deal. Now every week is a little bit more interesting. You have more Mountain West teams, or potentially, or FBS teams coming to town, which is a different vibe and a little bit more exciting. 
Because you're never going to be Cincinnati and Fargo. I'm sorry as much as you want to think that. Cincinnati's going to the Big 12 now because of what's going on this year. Yeah. And, and so I, it just TV market. I don't even know what conference would want you, really. When I, when I was playing at TCU, TCU was, it was TCU and Boise State yep. were the two non-big conference teams that were – TCU was crushing uh, Conference USA and Boise State was – Mountain West, right? Well, yeah, and TCU beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. It shocked Rose Bowl. everyone, yeah. But you have this football team that hasn't lost, and you kind of gear up for that one game. And they were saying, TCU, go to the Big 12, go to the Big 12. Now they're in the Big 12, and now you get hit in the mouth every single right. week by another big-time team. It's a different test. It just is a different test. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying North Dakota State can't handle it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love seeing them win national championships. I'm I'm sitting here saying – what do we do? What what's the, why is the dome not full? Yeah. Why is the dome not full? No, it's a good question, and and we just I I don't really have a good answer for you other than right. I think that there's apathy for these early round games, knowing they're going to be blowouts, and then they, you know I think they'll get hyped up for any type of semifinal game they get to get to Frisco, and then everyone's going to maybe want to go. The coverage is great. Yeah, the coverage is great, and you know it's easier to stay at home, right? It, it, and and watch the that's game. part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah the so, coverage yeah. Is, is, has gotten better over the better over the years and it's that's for me with a lot of sports i turned 48 i'm almost 49 now i just you know going to games that you know i that was part of my life that was something i loved i will tell you it was really cool side side note uh ndsu uh men's basketball game the other night i took my two little girls five and three year old to their first men's bison basketball game and let me just tell everybody listen out there you gotta do it if you haven't it's just a great great atmosphere I did it as a kid growing up. Dad was doing the games, obviously, right. on the radio. But to be able to take my two little girls to the game, um, I got pictures with Thundar. It was just, it was a ton of fun. Um, and the Bison scored like 114 yeah, points. that's a good show right now, too, uh, what's on the court as well. Uh, final thing for you, Dave, uh, the uh, college football playoff setup, I like it. I like the underdog of Cincinnati going up against Alabama, and I think Georgia and Michigan is going to oh, be, gonna be a epic. Dandy. I have uh, two weeks ago. I got on here and I was given, uh, uh, what's his name, Harbaugh, uh, uh, some some stuff like kind right. of a quirky, and he's just a tough guy to. If you're a sideline interview, he's just a tough guy to to get. Correct. But I get it now. I've watched the last couple of weeks. I've become a huge Michigan fan. This has been so much fun watching them beat OSU, and then they just absolutely dismantled Iowa yesterday. Uh, what a what a good football team, and I get it. And he's he's putting his kids first. He wants to get his kids out. In front of the cameras, and uh, I, I'm 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 a Michigan fan in this thing. Who are you who are you pulling for? Oh, I'm pulling for Big Ten, big time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, and I hold my nose a little bit more when I do Ohio State because I think a fan base there is a little bit more obnoxious. But I normally always pull for the Big Ten. And it's hard not to pull for Michigan in this deal, just because because if Michigan's good, it just makes the league better. It makes the whole Ohio State thing better too. It sure does. And, and so that's that's what I'm really looking forward it sure to. Sure does. Dave, this has been a blast. Again, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, obviously, we won't be on next week because the Vikings play Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. So, get yeah. three weeks, and then we'll uh, prepare here coming up in a couple weeks after that. But I do appreciate it. I'll probably maybe get a hold of you on one of these weeknight shows, too. You bet, buddy. Thanks All right. for having me. You bet. Thank you very much. Dave Schultz, I'm Derek Hansen. Thanks so much for being with us. We got Face the Nation on the way, and then we'll head to uh, Sunday Night Football. It's the Broncos and Chiefs. Should be a good matchup tonight. Teddy Bridgewater playing well. Be something to watch and, you know, maybe speculate down the road should they have ever given up on him down in Minneapolis. (laughs) We'll chat about that in the upcoming weeks here on Couch Potato Radio, KFGO.